a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Thursday. Danny Canel, Rajah Bell, a ton, ton of stuff we got to get to. It was fight night in the NBA. We we're going to break <laughs> that thing down uh, with Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. Minute by minute, we're going to blow by blow breakdown yeah, of that one. Exceptional frame. video. We have to get to that. Uh, a little bit of NFL news. Andy Dalton, we talked about him being benched on his birthday. He didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Uh, but where we have to start the show, a couple areas. One, I want to get to the World Series. That's where we need to start the show. But I want to reveal to everybody a conversation that just unfolded before the show. Because we do our sneaker showdown, sure. our shoe showdown every Wednesday. We have a competition. Who has the best kicks? Uh, you won yesterday. Uh, you were showing me some pair of Fear of God Nike collabs that are coming out sure. on Saturday. Yep. And you showed them to me, and then you're like, they're dropping a tenant. And then you're like, shoot, I, now you're going to be in line. Like, you were trying to throw me off. Correct. This That's is, messed up. Anyone who's been on the sneakers app knows it's very competitive, right? <laughs> Extremely competitive. One more person in that process could be the difference between messed me getting up. them. So now not. you're never going to tell me again. I That's never. messed up. I would even text you a reminder. That's the type of guy I am. Uh, but I digress. All right, the World Series. Did you watch much of the game last night? I watched some bit? of it, yeah. All right, so I was actually dialed in a little bit more. Game 7, I'm going to watch it a little bit more closely. Uh, the Nationals get the win. It's their first World Series in franchise history. Uh, Steven Strasburg, st- softer than Strasburg, wins the MVP award yeah. uh, for his uh, contribution throughout the World Series. Mm-hmm. Really impressive from him. Um, the thing that I took away from it, obviously you had the road team won every single game, which is something that's never happened. Never happened. No. In major sports, like uh, yeah, any hockey, type situation, basketball, right, right. Which is pretty fascinating. I do think baseball has the least home field advantage as far as crowd noise yeah. goes, there is some advantage um, strategically when you get the last at-bat and some of those things. If you're a National League team, the DH, the way that plays right. in the factor. But I think that does speak volumes to it because you don't have crowd noise. You don't have sort of you know hostile environments. They're loud. Not to take away. It was a great atmosphere. But my takeaway from the game was I cannot stand when coaches over-coach, over-manage, and they get a little bit too cute. Yep. And that's what I thought A.J. Hinch did for the Astros. Because they're coming in there. Zach Greinke had been awesome. Yep. He had been shutting down the Nationals lineup. But then here's a problem. This is a 2019 way of thinking. He starts coming out. Comes out to start the sixth or seventh inning, I believe. I'm not exactly sure which inning it was. Um, comes out to start the inning. Gets in a little bit of trouble. Puts one runner on base. But because it's the third time around in the lineup, all of a sudden, A.J. Hinch gets a little bit nervous goes to the bullpen after one guy gets on base. Yeah. I'm okay with it if you get in a little bit more trouble of that. But he just given up just, a jack too though. No, not Zach Granky. No, no, no. Granky didn't give up the one run? No, I don't think so. Uh, Did he? I, I I'm pretty sure it started even faster than that. He was only at like seventy pitches. Right, right, right. I uh no I go, just go, think go keep going. Keep overmanage going. in those situations. Well I'm with you. It happens all the time and I you know, just as a casual baseball fan, the the one name that we've talked about a lot um, from a pitching perspective, and David Sampson was on with us a few weeks ago, was like, if you get a chance to go home and watch Garrett Cole pitch, like he's the best pitcher in the game. So yeah, what, you had him out there. That's in the what struck me, right? Like if you're gonna go down, um, and there's only one game left, and 
by all accounts, that guy's not going to be on your team next year. Right. I'm certainly going to throw the best. Like, that would be the equivalent of, like, I don't know, you know, LeBron's there at your disposal to come in for, like, the last 30 seconds of a game, and you got one possession, and you choose to sit him because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't let your best player who's at, who is available not get in the game for one reason or another. I don't care what the reason is. Right. Oh, you are right. Uh, Granke came in. He's pitching for Houston. Uh, Eaton grounds out, one out. Rendo and Homer's the solo shot. Uh, and then he gave up a walk. Yeah, and then they started. But he, there trouble. were only two hits prior to that. Like he was right. He, he was, was dealing. Yeah, he was. And then on the flip side, there were several opportunities for Max Scherzer. He was in trouble almost every inning. Right. But his managers were like, and they had action in the bullpen. But they're like, let's just see if he can get out of it. Yeah. And he's a competitor, and he did. Uh, that was the one takeaway I had. But no doubt, uh, congratulations to the Washington Nationals. You can tell we don't dial in too much to baseball as we're breaking down this game. Not 100 percent sure. Of some did, of these situations. Wait, but did you see Garrett Cole post game? Did you? I, oh, post game? No. What was he? So they caught. Um, it wasn't a video because the video was over here, but you could hear his PR guy or girl, I don't know who it was, um, asking him to take the podium or address the media. And his response was like, I'm not an employee anymore. Oh, right. Wow. Now, you could hear this. They caught this. They caught the audio of it. Oh, it was like, he's sorry. He's arguing with the person. Like, I'm not, I'm not an employee anymore. Who, what do you want me to do? Go up there and represent myself? Like, and the, you can tell the person's kind of like exasperated. Like, oh, right. Come what on. You- like, I, can you just go up there and, he was livid, uh, and then they put the cameras in his face, and he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't bashful about voicing his displeasure for not going in the game. But, really? Yeah, uh, that's, that's not a good situation. Uh, speaking of dealing with media, it is a part of your job as a professional sure. athlete. It's a requirement, unless you're Garrett Cole and you say <laughs> no. I'm no longer employed. But, but see, here's where, I, as a franchise quarterback, I feel like this is a job requirement. You have yeah. to go out there. There's several that you have to obviously play well. Uh, you have to be the leader. Uh, on the field and off, be that guy in the weight room, yep. on the practice field that kind of keeps everybody up. And I think dealing with the media is one of those requirements where you may not like it, but you have to do it. And it's part of the growth process of being a franchise quarterback, which Baker Mayfield is struggling with. Mm-hmm. This season has not gone as planned for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield has not been shy about being outspoken, brash, I'm going to do whatever I want to. And he had an exchange yesterday in a season that is quickly imploding on the Cleveland Browns. Here's what he, uh, here's what happened yesterday at his press availability. There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. No, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, All right, so that is Baker Mayfield having an exchange with a Cleveland uh, reporter, Tony Grossi. Yep. Um, there is history, su- history there, which I get. It happens. Yeah. You're not going to like everybody you work with. You're not going to ask you. Some reporters are a little bit more annoying, irritating. And I do think that Tony Grace- Grossi even baited him by saying, were you happy with that drive? Yeah. I think that was a snarky, smart aleck question yep. that he knew was going to get a rise, but they were kind of getting into it. And I think he gave it there, but I still, as Baker Mayfield, you have to take the high road and just, you can ignore him. You can say, I'm tired of your cancer. Next question, do something, but to walk off. And also there is something that every player thinks when they're at the podium and you can't do it. You just can't put reporters on blast by going with the, you didn't play card. It's just, you can't go there in that situation in that fashion. And it was very disrespectful. You don't know, you don't play. And we all think that, but you gotta hold that. You gotta, you gotta play that better. Um, I think that walking out of the presser did give Tony Grossi a bit of a win. Yes. And then coming out and doubling down with the tweets, uh, about it. 
um, made it look worse for Baker. But just in that moment, like when the press conference was going on, and I, I call a spade a spade. So I, when Baker acts punkish, I, yeah. I've said that he's acting punkish. But I didn't really have a problem with the way he handled it prior to the walk off. Right. It was a stupid question. Like, um, I would have rather you ask instead of saying, Hey, you don't play, you don't know. Hey, what would you have done in that situation? Right. Like, what would have been your game plan in that? Cause this is what ours was. Right. We didn't want to give him the ball back. Articulate it kind of the same way you did. But to your point, don't throw the you didn't play card in there, right? You could still yeah. make it, you know, the same suggestive type of tone without saying it. Um, but this is where I had a problem. When he tried to explain himself, Baker, that is, um, the dude kept interrupting him. Right. Like, listen, you asked me a damn question. Right. I'm telling you, and it's not the answer you want to hear, so you're going to keep interjecting with your butt, butt, butt. Shut your mouth. Like, I'm answering a question right now. If you want the answer, shut up. I'll give it to you. So, like, it, it was a really weird dynamic there. Ultimately, you lost when you walked out. Right. But I didn't have a problem with him telling dude, like, hey, man, shut. Like, There's a better way to do it. Yeah. I'll give you Deshaun Watson, for example. Deshaun Watson was in a press conference, like, about a month ago. Reporter was asking some questions. Prob- and basically all reporters, they're trying to get a good quote. Right. They want to get you either to throw your team under the bus. They want you to say something about your coach. They want something that's going to go viral, yeah. uh, just like this did. Deshaun Watson was asked supporter. He was getting a little bit irritated. You could tell. What did he do? He kind of went super in-depth. Oh, yeah, that was Remember, pretty, we played that was it on this cool. show. Yeah, and he was like, cool. hey, when I'm a quarterback, I'm going to see diamond coverage. And I have all these different things running through my mind. It was like, all right, just to show you how hard it is. Right. I would like Baker Mayfield to do something along those lines. I get, Like you said, well, what would you have done, Tony? Let's hear what your game plan would have yeah, been. Yeah, what, like, what, what were you, you called? Can, when we when we got penalized and we were behind the sticks, what would your play call have been at that point in time? Right, like, exactly. What, you what would yeah. you have done in our playbook, in our language? Like you just, there, yeah. there are things that they don't know, and it's hard to evaluate there. I do think he could handle it better. He could have handled it better. I don't think it was. I did see some people saying, uh, comparing it to Ryan Leaf, who Ryan Leaf famously went after a San Diego reporter, but he challenged him physically. Oh, I don't ridiculous. think it was that bad, it was not. but I do think the reporter won, which is again, I, I'm, I have this kind of relationship with how I feel about Baker Mayfield. I do think he's a punk, but I don't mind it if you go out there and you back it up. When you are struggling the way you are this season, you can't do these types of things. And I think that's, a problem that bothers a lot of guys in the NFL yeah. as it relates to advertisements, his attitude. You haven't done anything yet. He's got one thing. He's got to grow up. He's yes. got to grow up, right, Danny? This is what we're talking about, and you're talking about being a professional. And we've all been in front of a camera that you don't want to be in front of at a time that you don't necessarily want to be there, and you have to feel questions about, you know, a failure, right? And that sucks. No one wants to ever no. do that. But that's part of your gig, man. It's part of the job. Imagine like. It is, and this is how you would write. Imagine if you're at a corporate job and you have your, like you just missed on a sale. Yeah. Uh, you maybe, you know, you got demoted. Uh, you know, something yeah. happened that was your worst day at work. And then at the end of the day, when you don't want to talk to anybody, you have to answer some questions that you know people are looking for goods and they want something. And, you know, sure. imagine that. Like, and nobody would like that. So that's what you're dealing here with Baker Mayfield. So I understand it, but I would just ask you, when was the last time you heard Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Like you go down any good to Tom great Brady quarterback Tom Brady with a media member? Couple, yeah. Oh right. yeah, without that. Okay. It's because he did it. Yeah. He's the goat. Like he's earned that right. Correct. And even that, I thought he didn't walk off. You know, he was stern. Yeah. You can do all those things. And just the walk off hurt the walk off yes, really hurt. You give them the win. Yeah. You know, so you have to keep your composure. I thought Brady really towed the line. He was losing it. And he was getting irritated. He reeled it in. And he reeled it in a little bit more polished. This also, like, uh, bigger picture, and we've talked about this before, is your relationship 
with the media. Right. Right. And when you come off the way Baker comes off, um, at times and it rubs people the wrong way, well, it's easy to pile on when things aren't going well for you. You know what I mean? Like you build up equity with, with, with reporters just like you do with, you know, any other human being, right? And they're right. willing to give you the benefit of the doubt when things aren't going great if the relationship is solid. So if, if you're always, you know, tough to deal with or, 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 you know, uh, uh, abrasive with them, man, when things don't go well to your point and you're not backing that up, right? You're going to get the trolls. And he was trolling him yesterday. Oh, absolutely. That's what annoys me as yeah. well in this whole thing. This guy's name was trending too. So I don't like that because yeah, I feel troll. like it's a win for a little weaselly guy sure. that's up there trying to bait him. Mm-hmm. The other thing you could do if you're Baker, take him aside after. You can ream him. And yeah. the guy can even write about it later. Hey, I got, you know, Baker Mayfield. They don't hear it. They don't see it on camera. They're not, it doesn't resonate like that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Joey made a good point about Tom Brady, the goat, polished image. That wasn't about the game. That was something off the field. Nobody it's defending him. You just, <laughs> you're, right. just, you're comparing apples and oranges to uh, your point. Like once right. you've done it, right, and you've got the you true, know, you, you can do you can, do, what, you can do those types of things. Uh, another quarterback uh, went public with his displeasure uh, after getting benched was Andy Dalton. Free Andy D, baby. Free Andy D. Free Have Andy a listen D. to what he said after getting benched on his birthday, no less. Not how you thought the birthday was going to go, <laughs> um, but. No, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. You know, I I don't agree with it, but um, I mean, Jack's making the decisions, and so um, I'm going to do my part. I'm here, um, and so um, I'm going to help Ryan out the best I can. Yeah, I th- I think that's an unfortunate thing. I mean, it happened three hours before the trade deadline. You know, it's I wish it would have at least. You know, if he was thinking about it, at least let me try to see if I could end up somewhere else or, uh, you know, at least uh, see if there was interest in uh, possibly getting traded at that point. The way it was all handled, I, there wasn't enough time to even um, even have that happen. That does suck. It does and suck. that part of it sucks, right? Like, yep. if you know you're moving on and you're going to the young gun and there's potential to do that, you know, at least a couple days earlier so that the, the old guy who has really held you down for what, eight years now, um, can possibly look, look, see if there's a market out there for himself. I do think, I, while I never think like clubs owe players anything, I, I do think in that situation, like you might, you might owe it to him, right? Like you might owe him the courtesy of saying, Hey man, look, we're going another direction. See if there's a market out there for yourself. Yeah. I think so. Um, it's just not the way, like, the tra- trades are so no, fair. I, I hear, it would have been got, a best case scenario. Yeah. I don't even think it crossed the Bengals' mind, which is probably, it's another, a smart organization would have at least shopped it. Right. And would have said, you know what, if we're trending in this direction where it looks like we're going to bench Andy Dalton, then let's make a few calls. And right. I, I, I doubt that took place. I bet they were like, hey, we're going to bench him, but maybe we go back to him if Finley doesn't work out. Like yeah. there probably wasn't much foresight into saying, all right, this season is blown. It's shot. We're not going to, he's not our franchise quarterback for the future. Let's see if we can get something in return. They didn't make that observation. Uh, and it's probably one that's going to, you know, that could have saved them. Now they got their quarterback upset. Like yeah. he's going to be on the bench. So it's just another problem that since he's going to have to deal with in Look this with atrocious that. season. Uh, Trent Williams is another player who at the trade deadline was discussed. The Washington Redskins tackle was disgruntled the way the medical staff handled an issue. Then he doesn't show up. He's holding out. Then all of a sudden he ends his holdout, but hold up. There's a hiccup in there because he comes back and fails his physical after ending his holdout Tuesday, comes back and there was discomfort when he tried to put on his helmet Oh, by the way, Trent Williams underwent surgery to remove a growth on his head in the offseason. This is this issue that he was upset right. about. So now, again, this is what I thought was going to happen. The Redskins were going to miss out on any opportunity to move him. Now they're stuck with a player who doesn't want to be there still. 
I'm not saying that he's faking this injury. There's any issue there. What? But, what are you but talking about? I never like to accuse people of that. <laughs> yes, and you are probably right. I'm wait. So it's like, forget this. Get I'm this gonna right. get my paycheck. Well, he, why he should have done this earlier? But he comes back to get it. Yeah, he should have done it earlier, right? <laughs> yes, get Come your back money. And get your money. Yep. And like, but you still get your money when you fail the physical. Like it's guaranteed money. You just yes. Have to now be you do. Yes, because now oh, yes, my yeah. head is really sore. I would have done that from week one. Week one. You guys Correct. messed this thing up. I'm Correct. still sore. I'm still yeah, sore. I'm here. Yeah, but I, my head sore. The big takeaway though, this is again the Redskins missed an opportunity. Now they're stuck with a player with no draft picks, no nothing. He's a disgruntled player. Yeah, and you could have traded him, and he asked for it, and you could have done it, yep. and they didn't. So it was a big mistake uh, on that one. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. As we do every single Thursday, we get some picks for the weekend from our buddy Emery Hunt, who's going to join us now. Uh, Emery, let's start off in the NFL where the San Francisco, uh, San Francisco 49ers, one of the two remaining unbeatens, take their team on the road to Arizona uh, as a 10-point favorite. What are you seeing in this one? I see a close game. Uh, you know, Thursday night games are weird, but I think the dynamic of the mobile quarterback in this matchup will give San Francisco defense some problems. You look at their schedule throughout the course of the season, this is the first time they've been challenged by a mobile quarterback. I think that right there, that element, along with how the Cardinals offense is starting to find its way, even without Chase Edmonds and maybe an injured David Johnson, I think they'll keep this one closer than what people think. They won't win the game, but it won't be by 10 points. Okay, Emery, we got a battle of, uh, of two bad teams. Historically, these teams don't like each other. You got the Jets coming to Miami in a game that you would think the Dolphins may have a chance a few games this season. The Jets are laying three. Uh, what do you think this looks like? In our year of the Lord of 2019, these two offenses are averaging 11 points a game. That's oh. terrible. So it's tough to watch. And I think it, the funny part is you can trust the Dolphins offense to move the football a little bit more right now than the Jets offense. So I'm going to take the Dolphins in the points here. I think they can win this game outright. Ooh, I love it. The Dolphins possibly getting their first they win. Better Adam not. Gaze. They better not. Better, like, he's job about being on the hot seat after just one season. Oof. He would be on that hot seat in a firm spot. And I wonder too if the Dolphins, if they're winning late, they'll, you know, call some zero blitz on a third and long again like they did the other week. Uh, the Patriots are the other undefeated. This will clearly be their biggest test to date. I think they're slightly overrated as far as the greatest defenses of all time just because they haven't played that much competition. They will get tested versus Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this weekend, though. How do you see this one playing out? I love the Ravens in this game to win outright, and you you hit the nail right on the head. You look at the back end of this schedule, they're going to face some true dogs at the position. You're talking about Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Uh, you're talking about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. They're going to get tested on the back end, so we'll learn a lot more about this defense the element of the mobile quarterback once again makes it an 11 on 11 game. Lamar Jackson showed against the game against the Seahawks 
what type of leader he is. I think he's going to take that mindset into this ball game against the New England Patriots. This is a statement game, not only for him, for this Ravens football team. Before Raja gets to our college picks, I wanted to follow up with a question on Baker Mayfield. We saw him have a little tussle with the media the other day. Did you have any problem with him walking off the stage with a reporter when he was getting a little bit animated there? Or are you just, hey, he's going to speak his mind and I'm okay with it? I'm kind of in the middle because we've seen this before from Baker Mayfield. So this is not new behavior. This is behavior that we've seen over the course of his time in the spotlight going back to Texas Tech. So I'm not surprised that it happened. I think people are trying to justify what happened because they're acting as if this isn't a pattern of behavior. So this is who Baker Mayfield is. All right, let's move to the college game. Like Danny said, you got Kansas State coming off of a big win uh, at Kansas. Uh, they're laying six points. The one element of Kansas's game that I really like is Puka Williams and how he can break the game open. But the problem is you're facing a K-State defense that does a great job versus the run. So lay all those points with Kansas State. They'll avoid the upset against the Jayhawks. All right, the greatest cocktail party on earth takes place in Jacksonville. Georgia versus Florida, a pair of top ten teams. I feel like we've forgotten about Georgia, but Vegas didn't. They have them as a six-and-a-half-point favorite going against a Florida squad who's been playing pretty well this season or Dan Mullen. Who do you like in this one? And, and that's the part. I feel like people are forgetting about Florida as well. Florida's defense is really good. They can run the football. They have a stable of backs. They almost sound like Georgia to me. And because of that, I think Florida wins this ball game. So take Florida and the points. I can trust their collection of talent, their team, their, their energy right now more so than Georgia. I think Georgia is kind of suspect, especially on offense, despite having DeAndre Swift and Jake Fromm. That's what's up. All right. We got SMU back in the top 25 in Memphis. Uh, it's a big battle for conference supremacy there. Memphis laying six. I feel like SMU is the story of this, of the season. You can't get off this bandwagon just yet. I think what makes this team special is how they are playing defense. They had a, de- a defensive stop last week against the Houston Cougars. They got them to win. I say take SMU in the points here. They can run. They can throw. Their defense is excellent, especially on the corners. I think they'll do a great job and bottling up that running game of Memphis. Good stuff. SMU rolling another week uh, if that happens. Good stuff, Emery. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend. Happy Halloween. Thanks, guys. You guys have the same as well. Stay off that candy, man. <laughs> That's right. Do you feel like we should have dressed Not up? A chance. <laughs> I'm all over it. The, I thought Not that was going to be the answer that you gave. <laughs> this is the longest Halloween ever, by the way. Yeah. Like, it started last weekend. It seems like every night somebody's posting pictures of a party. My my kids had parties almost every single like last night. They're gonna go out tonight. What like, is the seems... point of sending them to school on Friday after Halloween? None, because they're gonna be all sugar levels Dude, off filter. Like it's a nightmare for the teachers. It's to get them off the parents' hands, though. Uh, I, okay, I say stick okay. to it. Get, right, you get like them that. out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I want them out of the house in that uh, circumstance. All right, let's go with our picks for the mm-hmm. weekend: college football, Georgia, Florida. Emery was just talking about it. He likes Florida. Who do you like? I think I like Florida too. I don't know if I like them to win necessarily, but I like them to, to cover or, or, or I like them with the points, I should say. Um, I, I don't know. Georgia, Georgia scares you. You lose South Carolina, you scare me. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a scary thing. Uh, Florida's defense is real. So I could see a situation where maybe we get a tighter game than that. Maybe Georgia wins and maybe Florida wins, but I think they're, they fall within that six and a half. So it opened up at three and a half and it was bet quickly up. Georgia was a favorite three and a half and it got bet up quickly to six and a half. I would have liked Georgia around if it would have gone the other way, two and a half. There, but I think it's too many points in yeah. a rivalry game like this. I do think we've forgotten about Georgia. I still think they're probably the better team. I think Florida has some momentum. Kyle Trask—they figuring out something at quarterback. Yep. Jake Fromm is struggling with a young wide receiving core. 
I think it's going to be an ugly slugfest type of game, low scoring. I think Georgia comes out on top, but I think it's going to be a field goal game either way in that situation. Uh, in prime time, SMU and Memphis will be playing, which you, that shows you kind of how bad the weekend is. Yeah. Like it really is not a good slate of college football. Because art, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> all right, all right, but, uh, the American Conference is taking center stage of the college football world. You know what I wish? Like, I think it's great for the American, right? Mm-hmm. Good for you guys to, uh, to showcase your product. They've had UCF, they've had sure. Houston, other programs. And this now it's SMU and Memphis. I just wish it was SMU versus Florida State or SMU versus Ohio State or any Power 5 team. It's sort of the way I look at NCAA basketball tournament. I like Cinderella stories. I just don't want to see two of them meet in the finals. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I I love it when Butler or somebody else goes, but I want to see them play Duke. I don't want to see them play another kind of obscure team. Yeah. And from their perspective, like what do you – like you beat Memphis if you're SMU. People are going to be like, all right. Yeah, okay, next game. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea on the number though. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll Memphis just, is a six-point home favorite, uh, even though SMU is the higher-ranked team. I don't. Well, I don't I'm going to roll with the underdogs. SMU feels like they're getting six. I'm with you. I think they might be the better team actually. Memphis playing at home will be a tough home environment. Let's do it. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Sunny Dyke squad there, uh, getting the six points. All right, four and four versus four and four. <laughs> that just speaks volumes so of where this game is. Do you know? Wait, wait, just yeah. real quick. We got it when we went into the ACC. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, you guys were supposed to help the conference. Well, Trust me, I'm aware. This was a great move for men's basketball. Yes. A and joke of a move for football. Right, but it was going to be a cakewalk. You guys were just going to rattle off. No, it, was, it was a waste of our time. Yes. Like, seriously. It's going to hurt your program. It's going to hurt the program. Well, it has hurt the program. It, right. well, I guess you, <laughs> Because they're the not getting any ACC championship games. Oh. Uh, they've been to one. They haven't oh. won any. Uh, it is the state of the programs is not good. We'll, we'll, not we'll good. call a spade a spade. Uh, I do feel, and this should be expected, Willie Taggart is in year two. Mm-hmm. Last year was a really bad year at five and seven. I do feel like Florida State is in a better position this year. Manny Diaz year one. I think their losses have been a little bit uglier. Losing to Georgia Tech is an ugly loss. Losing to Virginia Tech, not an awful loss, but the way you lost. It was 28 nothing. They fought their way back, and I give them credit for that, yeah. but it was still an ugly loss. Do you agree with me? Is that a Florida State homer standpoint to say Florida State is in a better position? Absolutely. It's a homer statement? It's a homer no, it's statement. not. It's factual. You're year two, four, and four. We're year one, four, and four. Yeah. Are you in a better but, place than we are? But Florida State could be seven and one. <laughs> they have lost close games, fourth quarter games, where they have been in positions to beat teams like Louisville, okay. like Boise State, and their other loss, Virginia. They have been in all three of those games with a lead in the fourth quarter. Okay. That's a good thing to have happen to you. So allow me to retort. <laughs> yes. Um, we could they have beat, we were not in the game. We could have beaten Florida. We were right there. It was a three-point game. True. We, we have no field goal kicker. Keep that. True. All right. We and very easily Florida's could have beaten North Carolina. It was fourth and 17. We had them back. True. All right. That's two. All right. We, you saw the way we lost the Virginia Tech game. Okay. <laughs> we're getting a call from what? Skype. What? Hey, hello. What's going on? Who hello, is it? Hello. Is Emory, Emory calling back with some more picks. I don't know if that's playing out over <laughs> no, the program wait, or not. <laughs> Emory wants to get some more picks. Okay. He just called. So I would just make the argument that we we're right there with a bunch of games we could have won as well. <laughs> yes, oh, right, uh, we were. I don't know if uh, Joey, you guys can hear that in there, but we have uh, the Skype ringer in our ears. We'll Damn. try to get rid of that uh, as we try to stay not distracted. So, that, what do you got? Um, I think Florida. <laughs> I know it's really distracting. I think Florida State does win the game. Yeah. I think Willie Taggart needs this game much more than Manny Diaz. 
Uh, I think they'll play a little bit more desperation. I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Cam Akers, even though they don't, they're kind of being coy with their quarterbacks. Yeah. Miami's going with Jaron Williams, who came off that one. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's going to be a tightly contested game. I think Florida State playing at home, a little bit more desperation, a little bit more confidence coming into this game. Uh, even knowing the way last year, like if they get up, I think they close it out, which is something they've struggled with. So I'm going to say Florida State wins and covers. Oh man, this is, I, I have to take Miami. You know, I have to take Miami. I actually think that this is a Manny Diaz game. I know, I think Manny Diaz has underestimated or he had underestimated exactly what went into being a head coach. Um, you know, the, the rah-rah stuff that you can do as like a coordinator. You know, the head coach is responsible for a lot of different things in terms of building culture foundationally. Yep. I think some of that was, is, was missing and I think he'll get better, but, but it was missing early. But this particular game, because of his Miami ties and, you know, the Miami guy and the, all of that swag, I think this is the game where that actually means something to people. Do you know what I mean? Correct. Like yeah. when you play in North Carolina, it doesn't mean nothing. Like Manny right. Diaz is like, but when you, when you play that rivalry game against Florida State, I think this is the one that Manny Diaz, um, can figure out a way to get his team to play for him in. And so for that reason, I take the hurricane. All right. So we have to have I a wager. Right. Florida you can't State do it. You can't do it. I have Florida State. So we can't, we have to have a wager, some sort of stakes that yeah. are going to be on the line. So here's what I want people to but, do. If you're listening to podcasts, go to, Apple's podcast uh, section. Go rate the show. Give us a five star review. We would love that. While you're, you can rate it whatever you want, but five star would help. And then suggest what you think should be at stake. There have been some good ones. I put it on Twitter, but go to our uh, Apple podcast page. Go subscribe. Five stars in the review. Write what you think should be at stake, and okay. we will put that on the line. The best one. There have been some good ones. Get creative. It could be something embarrassing. It could be uh, a dinner. It could be anything out there. Yep. We will let Joey decide Joey the best, decide. yeah, the best one that will put us in an uncomfortable position. There has to be stakes that yeah. matter. So give us those on that game. All right. Welcome back to Kennell and Bell. Uh, Ross and I get distracted so watching Instagram view videos of a chiropractor break, uh, not break. break. <laughs> Thankfully not break. Crack yeah. backs, necks, yeah. everything else that happens, yeah. uh, as you go forth there. Um, Steph Curry last night, the Warrior season gets worse as Steph Curry breaks his left hand. No timetable yet on his return. Shut if him down. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Shut like, him down. shouldn't they almost tank the season? Shut him down. It is. I mean, you don't have to tank. Right. You're, <laughs> you're, you're gonna, roll out the you're, product that you already have bad. out there. You're bad. Uh, when they go out there. Um, it is bad. Draymond Green is the lone survivor out there on the court still. His mom is taking to Twitter, which she's really? done several times. She's great. She tweeted, I didn't think we would be good. But dang, I didn't think we would be this bad. Okay, give me a uniform. Put me in, coach. Okay, I'm done. Love my guys. Win or lose. Wait, who are those guys in? Uh, just kidding. LOL. Oh, she's great. Like, I love, she's been a vocal supporter and a vocal critic at times. She's calling a spade a spade. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is out there, right? Like, um, you know, and we we talked about this the other day, Danny. Window, right? We said, like, You'd like to pause Steph's career while you pause their window, right? right. Their window is in, like in effect paused this year without Clay Thompson. So, well, I'd never like to see anybody get hurt, and that that sucks for Steph. You put you paused it, like right. you know what I mean. And so, if you could, if you could find a way, I think they have a top twenty protected pick this year, right? So, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Draymond are good. They're not going to make the playoffs. That pick should be top 20. Now, if you can really get a lottery pick, you could have maybe a situation like the San Antonio Spurs. Joe, do you remember what year that was? Was that, uh, was that, um, early nineties when David Robinson was hurt? Mm-hmm. And you got Tim Duncan in the draft. Yeah. And then, yeah, boom, that was the, that and then they ended up winning the title of the lockout year. Correct. Correct. So like, you know, 
this is perfect world type of scenario, right? Two of the better players in the league at their respective positions are out this year. Causes you to get a super high draft pick. If you hit on a real stud in the draft, you could be right back to where you right are. Right back to where you were. Without missing a beat. Which be a, that's why I think they're probably going to take this super slow. Yeah. If they bring him out. Same reason I thought we, um, well, um, with your boy, the other splash brother, Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, right. With bring, with keeping him out. Same deal. Just let it go this yep. season, especially the way it started yep. off early, uh, in this spot. Reading, um, suck for Draymond though. Reading Draymond's mom's tweet. I just thought of something because I'm starting to notice this firsthand. Um, we are into youth sports mm-hmm. and how different athletes are raised and what kind of environments they're raised in. I have noticed a significant difference in different cultures, right? And it's whatever and in different sports, even yeah. to some extent. My daughters are primarily white, like upper income, like, you know, type of sports, sports. golf, tennis, swimming, <laughs> right? So when I go to a game, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, okay, little way to go. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> if they have a, you know, a turn, if something happens, a bad putt, it's okay. Yeah. And you see some crazy parents for sure, but overwhelmingly the enjoy is supportive, positive, sure. coddling a little bit too much. My youngest has started playing basketball <laughs> and she was one of the fewer white girls that were there. And already she's only done it a handful of times. Yeah. I'm seeing a massive difference. Their parents are like, come on, man, get up, get back up the court, right. get down there. What are you doing taking that shot? Like much harder, much more animated. Yes. And I think that's what you're seeing from Draymond's mom. Like she's being the way she's always been. This is the way she was. And it's great. Like yeah. I think it does create a tougher athlete, which is a good thing. I, I think, and I also think the sport itself, um, it's more exciting. Like, you know, if you will, like basketball is just more exciting than golf. For there's sure. more going on. So there's more like, there's more involvement. It's more interactive, right? And so when you're in a gym, a lot of people are screaming. Like, you know, they're just going at it. And so that's, if you are a basketball parent, yeah, that's kind right, of the way you're going to be. It. Yeah. Yep. Like you're going to be, even if you don't expect to be, like I always said, man, listen, I am a damn 12 year NBA player. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got some real perspective on this. Right. When I got in this gym. When my six-year-old plays, I am going to watch it and enjoy it and just sit there and be quiet. Let him have fun. Right. Three games later, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, get the ball. What are you doing? Give him the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it goes, man. I will say this. They have played in church league basketball. Yeah. Not as animated as some of the other leagues (laughs) that I've seen. Uh, Hopefully, that's not a racist comment. It was just an observation I made. uh, Seeing some different uh, sports, the way they're played at the youth level. Uh, James Harden went off last night for 59. Uh, There was not much defense played in this game as their score was the most points ever in a game decided by one point, 317 points in this game. Insane back and forth. Listen. Um, if you're a team that thinks you're going to be winning in the Western Conference, you, that's ridiculous. The, the Wizards, you give the Wizards 150 some odd points. It's absurd. Right. Um, with Bradley Beal and who knows, God knows who else is on the team. Like that's just, it's unacceptable. You can, you can't do that. Now, offensively, that's kind of what I envision this looking like to some degree. Not James Harden with 59, but James Harden with really good numbers. Russell Westbrook with a triple double and Clint Capella chipping in with a big double double. Like that's them. Right. Um, when, when they're good, right? Like that, but you can't be giving up that many points, man. Like that, no. that is unacceptable. And that is going to, you're going to be a middle of the pack to lower half of a playoffs type of team. If your D, if your defense doesn't pick up, which has always been Mike D'Antono's MO, right? Like yeah. it's been all offense, you know, a little shaky on the defense. Although last year you thought maybe they were playing a little bit better defensively. It's definitely a setback for them. They, they have to. Is it an effort thing? Can they turn this around, or do you think this is? Well, I don't know because I didn't watch the game, right? So I don't, I don't really know. And it might be, it might just be a one night, you know, right. one night deal. So, right. 
they don't have to be great defensively. The last couple of years, they've been proficient defensively. Right. And with an offense like that, that's all you really need to be, right? So, right. you know, maybe this is just me knee-jerking to that, but that's a huge amount of points to give up to a team with no no one other than Bradley Beal. All right, so that was not the biggest storylines from the NBA last night. What was trending all over Twitter uh, uh, was this tussle, a real fight. Because usually we see a little, you know, if you want to call it that, we'll see if you think it was a real fight because we saw Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid get into it. All-out brawl, yes, both teams uh, were on the court. We'll so you're seeing down. action at one uh, end, and then comes back the other way, and everybody looks back and says, what's going on, what's happening? And they realize, uh-oh, oh. our guys are getting in a fight. So they start taking off. I will say the Sixers got there in a much quicker fashion. But then you see the way it unfolded. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, shove, yeah, in it. Uh, and then there's some haymakers. Yeah. Hey, did you say haymakers? Yeah, this they was were swinging a, for it. They were this was a hug it. fest. <laughs> well, after the this, first couple this of haymakers. This was a hug, a hug me down to the ground fest. Yes, none of them connected on those haymakers that went down. Just a little bit of a scrap early, and then it was on as these two went at it. Closest so, thing we've seen to a fight in the NBA in a long time, though. So, like, I'm, I'm all for it. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't think either one of these guys really wanted any real smoke, necessarily. Right. Like, let me rephrase that. They, they don't like each other. No, no, they don't real at beat. all. So yeah. they they both wanted smoke. They don't know how to fight. No, like no, that. That's I don't weird. know if any of them really even wanted to fight because the way it was broken up so fast. So we watch as we watch it unfold. I want you to know something about the teammate. Okay, and I think that does say something about you as a teammate. Like if you're guys in a brawl, baseball, you better come out of the dugout. The NBA, you better get down there at least to get into the yes. mix. Watch the response of the response time. Watch the Sixers players in the blue jerseys. They notice that oh, they are behind them. Gone. Gone. Look Tobias. at Wait, like, what is going on? It's a jog. They're a little bit more, uh. It's an obligatory jog. They're almost, it's, it, it is. That's an obligatory exactly. Obligatory jog. Let me, let me we just, have to go down there and look. scope things out. So let's make sure we get down there. So a little bit of a slower response time. Is that? Uh, from Wiggins. Is that Wiggins, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah that's absolutely him. And they're both kind of coasting down there, acting yeah. like, "Hey, well, you got to be in a, a sprint." Yeah, but Much Layman's like a new teammate. Are. Wiggins has been there. Yeah, you know what? I think most NBA guys now are conditioned to know. That this isn't going much further right. than where it is <laughs> right. right now. So you're not as concerned so, yeah, about that. Yeah, it's like not like he's going to get his. You're not going to get like Rudy Tomjanovich. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not get right. Face smashed. Right. Anybody in not the as much desperation right. or uh, as what you could see. Then we saw Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid get into it, but Ben Simmons playing peacemaker, uh, or, or was he? Was on top at subdued submission uh, on Carl Anthony see. Towns. Gets him in a bear hug. Got him. Uh, there. Coach on the ground. Yep, coach on the ground. Then Ben Simmons on top in a good uh, position. Give him a little, but look at, you see what Carl Anthony Towns did? He gave a little like tap, tap out. out. Like, like, hey, man, tap, stop. My like, man, stop. I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you're... Yeah. Right? Um, that doesn't work in fights. Like, brawls, it's all rules are off the table. Yeah, and see, he's trying to say, you see how he pulls his hands back there? Ben yeah, yeah. trying to say, like, I'm not, I'm not. Right. Like, he didn't want to get, he didn't want instigating to. Instigating or yes, fighting. Peacemaker was what he was trying to play. Peep game. Don't try to stop a fight by choking me. <laughs> no, I've got rules right. about fighting. Like, like, seriously, if you're fighting, grab your teammate. Don't grab me. You know what I mean? If you want to stop the fight, right? And you're and you're go Joel get your guy. He, go get him. Let right. my people grab me because I don't know you, and you got me in a chokehold. You're the next person I'm fighting. Right. I right. always think that's a dicey situation. If you try to break up the other guy, you make yes. an outstanding point. You go get your guy, Correct. control him. He's probably not going to swing on you. Nope. Maybe, but there's a chance that could escalate. Even though he's saying I'm not there. Oh yeah. And you lose it, you black out. Like you've talked about several times. Like would you do it against Kobe? Yes. You can do that in that situation. You're probably at least going to be able to refrain from one of your guys. But somebody on that team, you're just swinging. Correct. You're going to go all in on that one. Uh, after the fight was over. 
Joel Embiid gets ejected. And this is what I had a problem with. Because they acted like, oh, this was a big brawl. And he comes act acting like he's Rocky uh, shouting out Adrian after the fight. So he's laughing, acting like, hey, it was no big deal. Then he goes a little celebrates. Like this uh, is, that's, yeah, it's tacky. Yeah, really tacky. And then, but watch the boxing, like, oh, I'm a boxer. I'm a tough guy now. Like, that's what you want to go with? You're telling the home crowd he's going to get it? Like, this is annoying. This is a Joel Embiid that I don't like. Well, this acting was, tougher than he actually is. This was a Joel Embiid that, by his own, like, um, you know, account coming into the year was going to kind of go away, right? Like, he was going to be Supposedly. more focused. Yeah. Um, it was going to be less antics, right? You know what I mean? At least that's what, what I thought he said in, in the press statement or the press release that he made. Um, you're too, you're too good of a player. Uh, for the extra, look, anybody can get into it. The, right. Like, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't tripping off the fight or anything like that. Like, that's, it happens to the best of them. Um, all the extras that come with Joel Embiid, right? And maybe this isn't even fair to him today. I don't know. Right. But it's all the extra stuff that I always worry about with Joel Embiid. And I've said it before. Like, I worry about where his focus lies, you know, when push comes to shove. And is it on, like, entertaining a crowd or is it on winning a game and that's a, I, I just have concerns about you know this. what this reminded me of when you watch a ufc or a boxing match and after both boxers uh boxers think might they won up and they're both like before he raises you know before they get there they're like yeah nobody won that fight it wasn't, definitely wasn't Embiid. it wasn't a fight no it wasn't a fight it wasn't with no. any blow no um so let me ask something because you said choking is off limits i have another question for you all right so we have a picture a still shot of this fight taking place where you see an eye gouge, where would that fall in line of what is acceptable or not? As Joel Embiid Ooh. takes a thumb right to Carl Anthony Towns' eyeballs. Absolutely <laughs> unacceptable. Right? That's like, messed up. That is, that is in a, I hope that that's just like frozen in time. Where it just like, kind of slipped where it just across. Raised across his face. Cause if you really tried to gouge a brother's eyes, like in the NBA. That's career threatening. That's career threatening. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give Joel the benefit of the doubt and say like he was, you know, neither one of them really know how to fight. And they were like flailing. Yeah. And you, they just one frame captured his thumb near his eye. Yeah. Cause that's the stuff you do like in a bar with a dude you don't know. And you just got threatened and you're like, okay, um, this is like life or death. Let me gouge his eye. All right. I want to skip through a couple of these and get to Carl Anthony Towns' mom. Cause she was talking about the, the yeah. dynamics of what's at play at youth yeah. sports. Yeah. I love the fact that as Joel Embiid is walking through the tunnel and he's leaving the court. And he's going out there and he's celebrating. Call all the Philly fans. Guess who's up in the stands watching it? Yeah, Mama Towns. Call Anthony Towns. Mom is up there watching it saying, don't you go after my son. Don't you go after my guy. Yeah. And she's out there basically trying to almost jump over the rafters, like trying to get down there, which I love it. I love it, the fact Somebody's that Mom's taking oh, up her oh. Look at how she's gone. Oh, look. But see, the, the Embiid, like, uh, I know. It's annoying. Uh, yeah, she wanted, she wanted that. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, let's I'm, do it. I played it. I played for the Tampa Bay Windjammers in the USBL, I believe it yep. was. Summer League, uh, didn't get drafted in the NBA. So we were playing in Atlantic City and I went, I went to dunk a ball, right? And I kind of, a guy undercut me a little bit. I was able to hang onto the rim. And so like I kind of kicked him as he went by. Do you know what I mean? Like, yo, yeah. bro, what are you doing? So when I came off the rim, he was coming at me, right? And I didn't know what he was going to do. So I jabbed him real quick. I just hit him in the nose. Yeah. And the, Everybody cleared. The whole gym like converged on, on me in the middle of the court. And so I'm out there and, and I'm throwing and, and things are coming left and right. And I feel something hit my back and I look back. It was my grandmother <laughs> and my great aunt. No, They were both at the game. Ready to throw down? Fighting <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic City gym. It was great. There's a tape of that somewhere. Oh, my gosh. We have to find that video out there if it exists somewhere. Uh, I think also – 
those like I got in a fight my second game. There was a uh, benches clearing brawl uh-huh. in minor league baseball. Yep. If you're in the NBA, there's gonna be security on it like that. Like, like so that. like the worst case scenario is what we saw. Like that's as bad as bad, bad as it's gonna as get. These other leagues, oh. there aren't cops everywhere. It's going to be on, and it could get ugly. And that's when you start really having to Correct. watch your back. No bar- like b- big high school gym, so no real barrier between right. the stands and the court. It right. was just like... Pfft. Right, and that's oh. when you got to make it gets a little bit dicey. <laughs> Welcome back to Canel and Bell. The NBA has been in full swing. The Lakers have been impressive so far to date. Anthony Davis has been awesome, although a couple injury uh, issues cropping up early has yeah. a little bit of a concern. So you're, there's no doubt they need another piece to the puzzle. Andre Godala has been speculated if he gets out of Memphis. But Kyle Kuzma could be that piece if he's the player that he can develop into. Would you yeah. assess that correctly? Or yes. do you think he's already there? Uh, I think he's uh, like every player that young is still going to be developing. Right. I think he's already at a really good spot, though. Um, and I think he's kind of exactly the type of piece right now that would that help supplement kind of what you've got with LeBron and, and AD as your one and your two. Um, so that'll do nothing but help them. Andre Iguodala, however, if if they were to get him in any kind of like buyout situation or he's wait like whatever the situation is, that would be instant real, NBA favorite. Like, yeah, that would be, real, are, be super that, solid. Yeah, right, super solid for them. It'll be interesting to see if that unfolds. That situation actually unfolds, and what Kyle Kuzma does. We'll get you up to that on Monday when we come back. Um, Kobe Bryant was on uh, a podcast uh, the other day, and he was talking about. He was asked, "Would he return?" To the NBA, if he was guaranteed a title, right? Like, hey, you go join, you go, you probably put him on a Warriors last year, a team like that, your role player, but you're going to be guaranteed a title. You know what his answer was? Yeah, I know what his answer was. You don't even need to hear it. No, I already know. It was no, 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 no. I like my rings the hard way. I like to fight through them. I don't like to jump in and take the easy route. That is a clear shot. I think at today's NBA player. It's at D Wade. It's at uh, LeBron. It's at Chris Bosh for that super team. It's at LeBron. Clearly, it's at the Warriors. It's Kevin Durant. It's at all the superstars in today's game. I would say <clears throat> that the LeBron, D Wade, and those guys, while they got together, Kobe had good teams too. Like he played with Powell and played with um, um, Shaq, and he played. He had some really good teams. So um, I don't know that it's a shot at them. I think he just means like. You know, he wants to go through the whole rigors of the NBA season, like together and, and, and quest for that championship with the, with the group of guys. Now it could be a shot to some degree at KD because he's the only one that joined an already together champion right. to play with them. The rest of those guys, while they teamed up, they weren't winning a championship prior to getting there and then they did it together. Right. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that Kobe would take that stance. He no, is, I don't, I don't yeah. think so either. I think that was the easiest answer he would ever give. Cause even if, you know, it's, it's a hypothetical, obviously, but he knows the, the, the image that he portrays and he right. loves it. And yeah. it's, it's, it is who he was. Um, Mattress Mac. Have you ever heard of this dude? Yeah, I did. I heard of So him. this dude in Houston, a, um, furniture store owner, lost more than $13 million when the Astros lost. He was betting on them heavily. But here's the kicker. He actually is not going to lose $13 million. He was using this as a hedge against his furniture store company because he had a special at the end of the season saying, if the Astros win, you guys are going to get these huge discounts and deals on furniture. So he was using the casinos as a hedge to protect his losses. But But he didn't have any losses. Well, now he won't because the Astros lost, so now he gets to recoup all the money from the sales that he had. He's going to lose the $13 million, but not near as much as he would have lost in sales from those mattresses. It's confusing, I know. But Mattress Mac, he's got a lot of problems. Mattress money Mac, listen, one of them. You can bet $13 million. Be mattress Mac. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back tomorrow. See ya. You ready for this? Yeah. 
If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.